You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spurs, as well as Locked On Magic. Hi. <laughs> I think that was my cue to, to speak, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That was your cue right there, Phil. Okay. Just, just take it from the top again. I took so, it. I took welcome it. to another episode of Locked On Spurs, as well as Locked On Magic. I'm Philip Rosser-Mike, the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And, of course, you are? I am Jeff Garcia, the host of Locked On Spurs and the Spurs writer for NewsForceSanAntonio.com and Fox29SanAntonio.com. So, hey, Phil. For at least 48 minutes tomorrow, I'm not your friend. So just a heads up now. Oh, I think we can still be friends. Oh, okay. I guess we can. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Spurs fans and Magic fans don't really have any beef with each other. And, and, unless aside, y'all had pulled off a big steal and, and took Tim Duncan away from us. Aside, back in the day. I mean, I think, there's still there a few, I think there's still a few spare Magic fans who are upset about the whole Tim Duncan thing. But uh, uh, those those people should probably get over it by now. Oh, yeah. Tim Duncan's gone off into retirement. Shaq and Penny, they're no longer playing. So that's those are days long gone. But the future is here. And the Spurs and that to tussle tonight in the AT&T Center, uh, where the Magic just really haven't been able to solve the Spurs in quite a few seasons. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously the Magic have been in a little bit of a rebuild, so they're not exactly in the same kind of stratosphere as the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, so any win, or any, any really just being competitive with the Spurs at any point has been kind of a victory for this Magic team for the last four years, and, and I don't imagine that's going to change very much this season as, as Orlando's still kind of figuring some things out uh, early, this early in the season. But, you know, if, if the Magic are going to be motivated to play good basketball against anybody, it's going to be the Spurs. This will be the best team they've played all season to this point, and hopefully they'll they'll bring their A game for it. That's right. The Spurs are going to look to win their 11th in a row versus Orlando later on tonight. And before we get into the nuts and bolts and the matchups and all that good stuff you want to hear, Phil, what's been going on with the Magic um, through 17 Oof. games? How are they looking? Well, uh, you know, it, it, quite a few things have happened. Um, it feels like it's been like two or three different seasons already. Uh, the Magic, for the last two weeks, really, until Sunday's game, uh, were really tearing things up defensively. They actually rose from like 29th in the league in defensive rating through the first two weeks to 8th or 7th in the league in defensive rating. So they've really established a pretty strong defensive identity. Uh, but offensively, they've been as bad as any team that I've seen uh they're they're just they they have no fluidity on offense their their inability to really get into the paint and create consistent shots or make open shots to be frank has been just extremely frustrating for this team because they've essentially had a chance to win every single game for the last two weeks and yet they aren't able to score 95 points and and you think I'm kidding here for the last two weeks the magic have scored 95 points just twice so that's twice in like wow. eight games now, granted, they've only given up uh, it's like probably three times in the last eight or nine games. Granted, they've only given up ninety-five points twice in those in those night in those last six or seven games too. So their defense has been really, really good, but their offense has been just as just as bad as their defense has been good. 
that all kind of changed Sunday. The Magic made a huge lineup change. Uh, Jeff Green was out, so they put Aaron Gordon back into the starting lineup, and then they benched Alfred yeah. Payton and Nikola Vucevic in favor of DJ Augustin and Bismack Biombo, hoping to kind of re-energize the team a little bit. It generally worked, but the defense was a lot shakier as they kind of reshuffled the deck a little bit. Offense was a little bit better, but not good enough, and the Bucks were able to kind of win, run, win running away at home. And so now the Magic go on a, a pretty long road trip now. It's a five-game road trip. Uh, they're playing, I think, five games in eight days or something like that, um, starting in San Antonio on Tuesday. And so, you know, they didn't build the momentum they needed to build at home, and now they're kind of figuring figuring things out once again. Yeah, yeah you know, the, the Magic, uh, they had uh, offseason additions, Serge Ibaka, yeah, they brought in, you mentioned uh, Bismack Biombo. How have those additions been for the team? Uh, it's It's been coming along slowly, but I think they've generally been good. Uh, Serge Ibaka started to come around. Um, he, he's scoring his scoring's up a little bit from his time in Oklahoma City. His defense is starting to come back around. At the beginning of the season, he looked a shell of himself defensively, but he started to really be yeah. a lot more active around the basket. Uh, he's done a good job kind of being a rim protector. Biombo, it, it's, it seems like it's been a long time coming for the Magic to put Bismack Biombo into the starting lineup for Nikola Vucevic. And although Nikola Vucevic, I think, has played really, really well, Biombo just adds an extra something defensively because of his ability to block shots uh, and just his, his overall energy. You never question uh, that everyone's going to play hard around around Biombo because yeah. that's, just, that's just how he is. That's just how he plays. Uh, and so generally, I think those moves have worked. There's still a little bit of a crowd in that front court. Vucevic has played well, like I said. Um, he's generally played good defense. He's not particularly happy about coming off the bench, but I think he uh, can still produce and, and will still be a weapon off the bench regardless how the Magic use him. Uh, but generally, the, I think those two signings specifically have helped build this defensive identity that the, that the Magic have right now. All right. And, you know, you know, before we transition to the uh, Spurs for your listeners, uh, are you kind of um, feeling like, well, this is kind of expected, the Magic to be 6-11, and or... Are you kind of kind of twiddling your thumbs now and maybe thinking, yeah, this is not the start I thought that Orlando would have? I mean, I, th- I thought the Magic would get off to a better start because, to be frank, to be frank, the way the early season schedule set up, it felt like the Magic had to bank some wins early on. And while I do think the Magic have done some very, very good things, they uh, they don't look good. Um, their wins have been very kind of grimy and ugly, which I don't necessarily see as a bad thing. I do think it takes a certain kind of team to win ugly games, but they've had to grind out. You know, they had to grind out a win at home against the Dallas Mavericks, playing without Dirk Nowitzki, without Darren Williams, without Devin Harris, without JJ Barea. They needed a fluky, flagrant foul to to beat the Philadelphia 76ers on the road earlier this year. They had they needed a, a strong fourth quarter to. Uh, win pretty easily over the uh, over the the New Orleans Pelicans at home without Anthony Davis. Uh, they've they've had some issues, uh, you know, winning games that it seems like they should win. And if you're a playoff team, you wins that you need to take care of business. This last week, they had three home games over the Thanksgiving holiday against Phoenix, Washington, and Milwaukee. You have to figure you can win two of those three games if you really feel like you are going to make the playoffs, and the Magic dropped all three kind of in the exact same way. Their offense just could not score enough to give them a chance to win, and that's just kind of where the Magic are at right now is they, they're, they're, there's clearly a flaw in this roster that they've got to try and overcome, and they've really struggled to overcome it. 
All right. Well, now uh, for your fans, Phil, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are looking pretty good uh, once again. <laughs> I, I, I know they're they're like they're like Jason Voorhees. They just won't die, will they? <laughs> no, they but, don't. Yeah, they're fourteen and three. Uh, they came off uh, the uh, big victory in Golden State to kick off the season on the road, nonetheless. And uh, they rattled off four in a row. Kind of had a bump in a road early on in the uh, well, this very young season where they lost three games uh, and uh, very uncommon, very un-Spurs-like uh, for them to drop uh, games. But after that, they kind of been on a tear. They have won, well, they're still undefeated on the road. No, <laughs> you know, they won, what, 10 straight. They've, uh, I'm sorry, they won nine straight, but they won 10 straight uh, uh, overall. And get this too. They've won three in a row at home in San Antonio This as of standing right now. So the Spurs are looking good. But despite all that, despite the fact that Kawhi is playing like a superstar, despite the fact that Parker, at least right now, has kind of found a fountain of youth, I'm still not satisfied with this <laughs> winning streak. And I'll tell you why. They haven't been challenged whatsoever. You give them the, you give them the Rockets. Okay, fine. They pulled off the win in Houston. But if you look at the three losses that they've had, all came against caliber teams. The Clippers just demolished them. The Jazz stunned them in San Antonio and beat them uh, handedly. And then, of course, the Rockets beat the Spurs in San Antonio. So those are three upper-tier teams in the West, especially the Clippers. And then you look at the winning streak, and yes, maybe I shouldn't be picking about this, and maybe I should just Love the fact that I get to cover a very successful team year in, year out. But if you look at the winning streak they've had, Phil, they're eking out games. They're averaging, their plus minus right now uh, and during this win streak is about close to seven, they're 6.9. That's how much they're beating teams. But when you have the 2-10 and 10 Dallas Mavericks go into San Antonio and the Spurs have to claw and fight their way to a victory and rely on Manu Ginobili for his uh, late game heroics. I'm questioning this team. When you have a Charlotte Hornets team, now granted they're okay. They're not. They're, the they're best, East, they're they're East okay. good. They're East good. Thank you. <laughs> and they have to, they have to, they have to fight and claw against the Hornets. You look at other teams uh, that are just really you know, hanging in there with them and on the court where they have no business hanging on the court. They, the, the Spurs should be demolishing this team. I was surprised to find out their uh, plus uh, win uh, number was 6.9. Their defense has also slipped a bit. Uh, they started off pretty hot. They were clamping down. Now, granted, overall, yes, you know, they're holding teams to what, like 98 points per game or something like that. They rank right up there, but they're letting teams score over 100 uh, consecutive games, three in a row now. And you have to wonder, are they feeling the effect of not having Dwayne Dedman on the court? You really can't rely on Pau Gasol. He's not going to bring that much defense. LaMarcus Aldridge, he's there. You know, he can. He's doing what he can do. Surprisingly, David Lee is having a good season defensively, which shocked me. He's being a lot more attentive to defense, very aggressive. He's bringing a type of physical edge to the Spurs that I really, really like right now. But 
I, I don't know what to tell you, your magic listeners, your LOM listeners, because they're probably listening to me right now, Phil, saying, what is this guy complaining about? He covers the Spurs. <laughs> they're on a 10-game well, I mean, winning streak. I mean, what is he complaining I mean, about? I, I mean, but I, I, but there, there's concerns, though. I mean, yeah. what are, I mean, wouldn't you be looking – if the it was flip. If the Magic were having a 14-3 and record and they're eking by teams that they have no business on the court with them, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute, hang on. What's going on? Well, well it's, it's funny you mention that because, I, I mean, like I – I'm kind of the house optimist, seemingly. Like, uh, it, the Magic have been eking out wins or games against teams that they should probably be, be beating if they think they're a playoff team. I mean, like, like I said, uh, you talk about the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks came into Orlando on the back end of a back-to-back, uh, coming from Dallas. Playing, they played an 8:30 game against Memphis. They scored. That was the game that Dallas scored 39 points in the first half. Like they or, or 26 yeah. points in the first half. Like they were abysmal. They came into Orlando. On a back-to-back, so flying central time zone to east time zone, without Dirk Nowitzki, without Devin Harris, without Darren Williams, without a point Ouch. guard, essentially. This was Jonathan Gibson's second game in the NBA. <laughs> and, it, it, like, the, yeah. the whole the whole thing aligned for, okay, Magic, take put put the hammer down early and just take care of business. And the Magic didn't do that. Exactly. I mean, it, it, looked like they were, it looked like they were going to, uh, and they just didn't. I mean, they just didn't. And part of me... Like, part of me, frankly, thinks that they're just incapable of doing that because they can't score enough. They can defend well enough. I think the final score in that game was like, um, uh, the final score of the Pelicans game was like 88-82. The final score of that game was like 95-88. Like, mm-hmm. part of me, for half of me says, okay, regardless of who's out for Dallas, that's an NBA team. Holding an NBA team to less than 90 points is a is a feat. It is something to be celebrated and not something to just dismiss hat out of hand. Yeah. At the same time, the Magic really struggled to score 95 points. I think DJ Augustin had 10 of his 16 points in the fourth quarter, and the Magic needed all of them to pull out the win. They got a couple of big shots uh, late in the game from Evan Fournier as well to win that game. So, like this, I mean, everyone is playing to a standard, right? The Spurs, their standard's a little bit higher than the Magic's. They're, they're trying to win a yeah. championship. And so, you know, just eking out a win over the Dallas Mavericks isn't good enough. That's that's gonna get Craig Popovich ticked off. And you know, I've made oh, yeah. this I've made this comparison a lot on, on my podcast that, you know, what what always impressed me about the two thousand nine Magic, the team that went to the NBA finals, was they didn't need to play their best to win. And mm-hmm. perhaps that's just because it's been a long time since I'd watched a winning team consistently. <laughs> but winning like the, the really, really good teams find ways to win even if they don't have their best game. That doesn't mean they're satisfied with the win alone. A team like uh-huh. this year's Magic, they're playing to a playoff standard. They're playing to a standard of, you know, we're trying to hit 41 wins and make the playoffs, essentially. And so they've got to continue to learn how to make winning plays, particularly on offense, and be consistent enough to do that. And fans right now for the Magic are, you know, kind of really panicking because this offense is a huge issue. The Magic have the defense that should allow them to win games, and their offense just doesn't allow them to do that. Their offense doesn't allow them to blow out the Pelicans without Anthony Davis. Right. And that's, you know, everyone right now is playing to a standard, and it kind of sounds like the Spurs aren't hitting that championship standard that they've that they've set for themselves. So I guess my question to you is, Tim Duncan, Tim, Tim, Dun- Tim Duncan's presence was big, but he wasn't necessarily a... Uh, a, a big contributor to the team last year coming off 
you know, starting but really playing more of a secondary role. What's yeah. missing on this team that has them uh that that has them not playing to that standard anymore? Or or struggling well, to meet thing. that standard. Yeah. I mean they're 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 winning. And I'll answer your question in a few seconds. But sure. yes, they are winning. Yes. And they all count the same. And I and and they all kept the same, exactly. It's just in the fashion they're winning. It's just you're not seeing that let's go in, let's take care of business mentality. You you alluded to it. Popovich ripped them a new one at, despite beating the Mavericks. He said that it was poor performance, that they, they, they had no guts, that the Mavericks actually deserved to win. <laughs> you know, And I think there are times when I watch this team – and I look at them on paper, and I see them running up and down the court. I'm like, this is a great team. From 1 to 12, they're, they're stacked. They really, really are. But there's something missing, and I think it's that edge. I think sometimes they don't want to play with that chip on their shoulder. If they just had 2% of the angst that a Boogie Cousin plays with or Russell Westbrook plays with, I think this team might be unstoppable. And I alluded to about the defensive numbers. This is just opponents points scored on the spurs in the last 10 games opponents were being held to about 99.7 points then in the last five games they've gone up now to 103 points per game uh, uh opponents points per game i'm sorry and then their average is 98.6 but even go even further back to the start of the season they were holding teams to 98.6 so you're starting to see that defense starting to slip a bit and defense wins titles and and right now it doesn't look like they have that defensive uh mentality they're getting it done on offense they have Kawhi Leonard they have LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol what he contributes and they have Jonathan Simmons who looks like he had a coming off a good game against Washington and by the way, I got to correct myself before I continue. Uh, as far as the defensive uh, opponent's points per game uh, scored in the Spurs in the last 15 games, it was 89. Point, I'm sorry, 98.9, and then the last 10 games it jumped up to 99.7, and then in the last five games it's now at 103 opponent points per game scored on the Spurs. So you're starting to see a little progression to the in the wrong direction for San Antonio. Yeah. Now, now what could what could that missing piece to ask your question what could it possibly it could be the fact that they they need Dwayne Dedman back he has a role and his role is to protect that rim cause oh, we know that headaches we know that yeah <laughs> and he's been yeah 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 you know that he played with Orlando <laughs> uh last season he's not he hasn't been suited up in quite some time he's out hurt so now you're having to rely on a Pau Gasol a LaMarcus Aldridge uh, do, uh, to a certain extent, David Lee, who, like as I mentioned, he yes, is that's, he's... Uh, being a lot more attentive. He's not the best defender. He's not going to lock down, but he's showing a good effort. He is. I, I, I never. I, there was even a play on the offensive end where he dunked the ball against a Celtics player, and he came back and he threw an elbow at this guy. Now, yes, that should not. That should be frowned upon. It's not good sportsmanlike conduct. But the Spurs need that. I think if they edge. just had a little bit of that, a need little that bit of edge. Yeah, and they don't have it. And and I think that's one of the biggest flaws that Popovich has brought to the team since he's uh, been uh, at the at the helm. I get it. Five titles. I understand that. But 
He wants them to play with classiness, and I get that. But my God, it's, they just got to get a little mean sometime. And I don't think they say It's hard to say that when they had Bruce Bowen for so long. I mean, maybe the, the, the team needs kind of a uh, maybe the team needs kind of a gritty guy, gritty like role player like or Bruce even Bowen Steve, was. even Stephen Jack or Stephen yeah, Jackson. Or Stephen Jackson, just just someone yeah. that that isn't afraid to mix the pot a little bit physically. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, with all that being said. They're still kicking some butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're still, they're still very talented. The yeah, they're still balling out, but they just really haven't been tested in this winning streak. That test is coming soon, very soon. You know, they got, they got I think they got Houston coming up. They, they have, um, oh, I, I, think, um, I think the Clippers are coming up soon again. So, but it just seems to me, Phil, that the East and the West now, they're becoming very similar and being very top heavy, and that's about it. Just very one through four, and that's it. Everything else is everybody else. Yeah, and I I think that's generally the sense that that we that we found in in this league, especially with with how Golden State's come together. Uh, the Clippers have really established themselves early in the season. Uh, I think San Antonio is still in that conversation, and on the East side, Cleveland and Toronto have really separated themselves early on this year. I think. The jury's still a little bit out on Atlanta as well as Charlotte and, and Boston is kind of struggling. Maybe a little Toronto bit. too. What's and yeah, Toronto? I, I don't know what's up with them. Toronto's Toronto. I, I mean, I, I think that's the best way to describe. It. They're they're yeah. they're a fun team to watch. They put up a lot of points. DeRozan and Lowry are really tough to handle, and DeRozan's just been been on a tear to start the season. But I think they're coming back yeah. down to earth a little bit, especially especially DeRozan. But um, you know they're. They're a very good regular season team. That's that's like if they gave out regular season titles, like I think they should. Toronto would be a contender every year because they they are really tough to deal with in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, regular season champs, Toronto East champs. That's it. But all right, so there you have it, listeners. Uh, a quick synopsis on what's been going on with the Magic and what's going on with the Spurs. So let's go get into the heart of the matter now and talk about tonight's contest between San Antonio and Orlando. The Spurs are 14-3. The Magic are 6-11. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the Spurs have won 10 straight against Orlando. So I guess the first question I have for you, Phil, is this. The Magic can put up the points. I believe they scored 100-plus points four times this season, and they have a 3-1 record. Why can't they just keep that going? You know, I think that's a really, really good question. I think teams have kind of figured them out offensively a little bit, um, just how to kind of slow them down. And particularly if you have a good defense, it's not very hard to to know what to do against the Magic. They just, they don't have a lot of shooters. And so there's going to be the stray night where they get hot. Um, Against Oklahoma City a few weeks ago, the Magic scored 119 points, so it is possible. But that took Serge Ibaka scoring 30-something points and going into... Uh, going into revenge game mode. That took Evan yeah. Fournier going nuts for 20-some-odd points, and they just haven't been able to get multiple guys hot, so to speak, at the same time. And they've found it very, very difficult to create open shots generally uh, and just consistently attack. I mean, it just feels like the offense just just hits a snag at some point within their set, and they get stuck, and this happens over and over and over and over again. It happens more often than not. The defense has created some transition opportunities, so I mean, I think if the Magic get out in the break, they have a chance to to beat anybody. I mean, they're they've got a lot of skilled players in transition, but even there, they they just haven't been as effective. Uh, what could be a good sign for the Magic is this is with this new starting lineup. 
bringing in DJ Augustin has allowed Evan Fournier to work on the ball a little bit more because now Augustin's there as a shooter uh-huh. to help spread the floor. Um, if Jeff Green is back, maybe Jeff Green garners a little bit more respect as a shooter than Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon came back into the starting lineup for the first time in eight, nine games and went 0 for 12. So, Ouch. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 that, that three spot especially has been very difficult to find a fit. Uh, and someone that that's going to contribute uh, big time on the offensive end, uh, and that's just generally been the problem for the Magic. I, I'd like to see them work a little bit more in the post, especially with Vucevic. Um, Ibaka has his moments. If he gets hot, you know things change pretty dramatically, uh, especially if he can he can finish around the basket. But this team just doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons. They don't have a lot of creators, especially if you take Peyton out of the lineup, and if you take. Uh, uh, I mean, really, if you just take if you take Peyton out of the lineup, they just, they just don't have a lot of creators, guys who are going to break people down off the dribble and cause the defense to collapse, and so it, it becomes a grind, and it's very difficult for the Magic to get going. So, if they make shot, I mean, they're the worst shooting team in the league, I think. Still, if if they're making shots, yeah, they have a chance, but the odds are they're going to struggle there, and that's going to put them behind the eight ball against a team that's so efficient and, and requires pretty much perfection to to beat like San Antonio. Yeah, I had to hold in a big chuckle when you said that right now, and I get to it really fast. But, you know, you look at the numbers. You mentioned about the Magic's offensive numbers. It's bad. In the first 10, yeah, in the first 10 games, they were averaging 95 points per game. In the last seven games, they're averaging 88. So yeah, and I believe their it's a offense, big drop-off. Yeah. Their offensive rating is, is like 95-something. They're actually 27th in the league in offensive rating, but that that's not much of a solace. I believe they have the lowest field goal percentage in the league, which again, not a solace. They scored 96 points on Sunday, but on 41% shooting, that's just not going to get the job done. Um, it's, actually, it's actually kind no. of amazing to me that they scored that many, and their offense looked like it was flowing pretty well, and they still only shot 41% from the floor. So they, they've got to make shots, and they've got to find a way to make shots, and that's been the biggest struggle of the, season, of the entire season so far. Yeah, and, and the reason why I had to like bite in my tongue and hold back a laugh is because I am wondering if Phil and the Magic listeners are thinking right now, wait a minute, we're playing the Spurs at home. We have a chance because they do not look good at home, Phil. The AT&T Center hasn't been too kind to San Antonio. They are 4-3 and three at home. Remember, this is a team that only lost one game all season last year at home. And they already lost three. Okay, they're averaging way less offensively. The on the road they average close to 111 points per game. At home, 95. Um, exactly. Uh, their their defensive stats slip. Take for example blocks. On the road they average about seven. At home they average about 4.6. Uh, <laughs> their their turnovers are about the same. They average about 12 at home. They don't pass the ball around as much. They have a two assist drop off from 24, 23.9 to uh, 21.9 per game. And they actually shoot worse at home. They uh, shoot, the, the average field goals made at home is 33.6 as opposed to the road 40.7. So, some reason they just can't get it done at home. Now, the curious thing, though, is that those three losses, though, one of them was big against the Clippers. So, and I think that may have, like, skewed these numbers somewhat because they got demolished. But nonetheless, home is not too kind for San Antonio. And that's where I think the Magic are going to have to strike. And it's simply this. 
they and I mentioned before, and no offense to you and your listeners. Oh no, we but, don't take any. <laughs> but does the Magic have no business being on the court tomorrow with the Spurs? And the Spurs need to come out and throttle them. But the way the Spurs have been playing in this uh, winning streak, I'm not going to be surprised if we see the fourth quarter score and it's close. It's knotted up, or the Magic are ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like a problem that I think the Magic are having is, is one that the Spurs are having, and that's playing up and down to your competition. The Magic just the Magic schedule has been relatively tame so, so far, and they've played generally close to every team that that they played. The only I would say. I think the only winning team that they've beaten and really only the the only winning team that they've played so far uh, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that game turned into kind of an instant classic, uh, 119-116, yeah. or 119-118 uh, win. Serge Ibaka hit a game winner with about three seconds left to, to, um, to seal just an epic career performance for him in his first game back in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, that, that game was probably one of the better games the Magic have played. Certainly the best game they played offensively. Uh, and that was before their defense really started kicking into high gear. So perhaps, you know, I think if there's a solace for Magic fans is that perhaps going on the road, playing a team like San Antonio sharpens the focus a little bit, sharpens the execution, sharpens the urgency a little bit, and they play up to their competition. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, let me know if what you think about this, but it kind of sounds like the Spurs are playing up and down to their competition right now. They're just, they're doing enough to beat the teams that they're playing, but yeah. aren't really challenging themselves to hit Again, like we said earlier, that standard that they have. Yeah, I think that's what's going on with the Spurs. You're seeing them go into a bit of a malaise at times. You're looking, and I, so I'm watching the t- the games, and I'm thinking, they just had 10 turnovers in one quarter. What's up with this? Or why am I watching the Mavericks beat the Spurs, at least scoreboard-wise, uh, heading into the fourth quarter? You know, I think they just don't have – that mental focus at times to just put away a team. And I think they really do play down to their competition and they don't play high to their standards. Pop called them out. I've called them out. Fans have called them out. The, the, the Spurs themselves had said there was no excuse uh, at times for the way they win. Isn't that weird? It's like an oxymoron. We're upset the way we win. I'm I'm sitting here here telling magic fans, the Chuck Daly quote, there's no such thing as an ugly win. But I mean, I think, you know, we all know it's process over results when you're when you're at the top like that. You got to do things the right way when it's easy to do when it's easier to do to do them, uh, and, it's, right. and, and so that when you play the dif- more difficult teams, your process is set and you you can execute at a high level. Now, now into this game, one thing that I am worried about, and it's kind of one of my key things that I'm looking at when the Magic and Spurs tip off, is that the Magic. At least as far as three-point defense, they're one of the best in the NBA. They're holding opponents to shooting 33% from beyond the three-point arc, which is fourth in the league. Wow, that's pretty impressive, Phil. Yeah, and, and the, I mean, and that's honestly the shot that the Magic are willing to give up. But they do a really good job uh, when their defense is playing well. They do a really good job guiding the ball handlers where they want them to go. Uh, and then... Getting out to the three point line and contesting, they're 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 really they're really good defensively. I mean, like, I've been I've kind of been telling everyone that I believe this defense is for real. Like, I don't think this is a fluke. I think the you know you don't hold the uh, until Sunday the Magic had held six straight opponents under ninety five points. You don't do that in the NBA without uh without being really good on defense. Yeah, um, I think exactly. I think 
uh, since November 11th, which was when the Magic took Aaron Gordon out of the starting lineup and put Jeff Green in, they have the top defensive rating in the league. Uh, it's a hmm. smallish sample size, but now it's like eight, nine, ten games almost. That's not insignificant to me. I, I do think that this is a good defensive team, and San Antonio is a good offensive team, and, and I think that they'll test they'll test the defense in a way that it hasn't been tested yet. Um, and I do think that the caliber of the Magic's competition is going to cause them to uh, slip just a little bit, maybe come down in their rankings a little bit, but. They're going to give themselves a chance to win. It's it's tough to score 100 points against this Magic team. It hasn't happened in a while, and I don't think it's going to happen very often this season. And I think the Magic know with their offense, that's how they're going to win. They've got to keep scores down, uh, and they're more than capable of doing that, honestly, even against a team like the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. again, not, I'm not going to be shocked if we're heading late into the fourth quarter and the, this game is very close, if not tight. Because, again of that Spurs propensity to play down to the competition. Like I said, the, the Spurs should wax the Magic tomorrow, and they should. But when I look at the Magic on paper, I'm saying, wait a minute, hold on here. Yeah, the Magic may have a sub-500 record, 6-11, and 11, but they got the horses that could probably beat the Spurs. Case in point, Ibaka. He's had many a battle with the Spurs in his Oklahoma days. You got Bismack Biombo. That, that twin tower lineup right there, I think, may cause problems for uh, Pau Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge later tonight. Yeah, and it's it's and it, that's the lineup. That I, I don't I don't have any reason to believe the Magic aren't going to stick with the starting lineup. Uh, it, it it frankly worked pretty well for them on on Sunday in a lot of in a lot of ways. In some ways, it didn't, but as they get more comfortable together, I think they'll they'll reestablish that defense because Ibaka and Biombo are just really tough to score on. And, and whereas the Bucks go really, really small, and so I think that's a difficult matchup for, for that group specifically, the Spurs stay relatively big. And you can yeah. stick Ibaka on Gasol and have him patrolling the perimeter or on Aldridge and have him patrolling the perimeter and Biombo in the paint. You're always going to have one of those two in the paint against a team like the Spurs, and that's going to make life hard for Kawhi Leonard driving, especially if, if you know Aaron Gordon is defending him. And Aaron Gordon at times this year has looked like he can be an all defensive player, all defensive team player sooner rather than later. Uh, he's he's got all the tools to do that, um, you know, on on the defensive end at least. Uh, and mm-hmm. so this team has really come into its own defensively, and that gives them a chance. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if San Antonio wins this game in a blowout, but it's similar to the game the Magic played against the Pacers where it was like 88-69, where the yeah. defense did its job and the Magic's offense just lays an egg because it's the Magic's offense and that's kind of what they do. But it also wouldn't surprise me, like you said, Spurs kind of play down to their competition, the Magic play up to theirs, and you've got like a 93-94 game, something like that, or it's game kind of in the mid-90s, which is, I yeah. think, where the Magic won it. Yeah, and and you, ask, you throw this in the mix as well. You got Ibaka, who pretty much went toe-to-toe with LaMarcus Aldridge in the postseason mm-hmm. with the Thunder last season. He he's gonna, he he's knows how to play LaMarcus, that's for sure. But you also have uh, the uh, wild cards, and that's a guy with some corporate knowledge in Chad Forcier. Mm-hmm. He knows the Spurs' uh, sweet spots. He knows what Pop likes to run. Yes, I know everybody knows each other's playbook by now in the league, but I think Forcier – uh, could add a little wrinkle into the uh, magic attack and may throw off the Spurs a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that in effect uh, later on tonight. Uh, but 
let's let's go to shift now to the backcourt. You have Tony Parker, who seems to be on a resurgence right now. This and you, of course, you have Patty Mills, who's been playing very well this season. How have the Magic front court, uh, backcourt? I'm sorry, been doing this year? Uh man, where inconsistent. Um, Evan yeah. Fournier's field goal percentage has gone down, which was expected as he kind of took on a larger role. Uh, he's had games where he's looked really good, and I think bringing DJ Augustin in the starting lineup has kind of unleashed a little bit more in his game. Uh, so far, he had 27 points, I think, last night against Milwaukee. Sunday mm-hmm. night against Milwaukee, uh, and he looked a lot better. He was on the ball. He was like he was kind of being a playmaker a little bit more. And while he's not the greatest passer in the world, he still had six assists, I think. So he's more than capable of taking on that role, and I think as he'll get more comfortable uh, with his reads there too. Um, Alfred Payton has been very hit or miss too. Uh, he's mm-hmm. really, really good in transition. Really, really good at getting when he gets downhill, getting in the paint. But I think. A big reason that Augustin's now starting is Peyton has a tendency to walk the ball up a little too slowly, and and Vogel wants to get into the offense quickly. He doesn't necessarily want more possessions per game, but he wants the team to get into the offense uh, earlier in the shot clock because, frankly, the team needs every second on the shot clock to get a good shot. I mean, you'll see a lot of late shot clock possessions uh, with the Magic just because they're working to get a shot and struggling to, to work through their offense to get a shot. Um, on top of all that, uh, Peyton's jumper just isn't there yet, and and that's really, really difficult too. And so it's really congested the spacing that the Magic have, especially considering the other wing is Jeff Green or Aaron Gordon, who don't really have jumpers either. And so Fournier's dealt with a lot tighter space. He's really struggled to kind of get into a good rhythm, but when he, he can still go off and have a big game, and he's still probably the most reliable player that the Magic have offensively. Uh, on the team it's just about getting him in, into rhythm and getting mm-hmm. him uh, into the game yeah i think it's going to be a very interesting game uh later on tonight i don't think at the end of the day it's going to be a spurs blowout i think you're going to still see a lot of the same now the only uh, difference that i i think and it wouldn't surprise me to see this happen if right before the game uh kicks off we have Dwayne Dedman coming back. Now, <laughs> miraculously, he is okay to go up against his former Revenge squad. Game. Revenge game. And then once uh, Dedman is back, I think I think he, he was making a, a significant impact with the Spurs uh, early in the season, right before the injury hit him. You were seeing him. Uh, I, I, w- I actually feel maybe you could shed, shed some light on this. Uh, the guy can score. Who knew? <laughs> I thought I thought he was just Oof. a defensive-minded guy, but he actually was uh, having some nights where he had double doubles for San Antonio. I mean, if you if you give if if you give Dwayne Dedman the minutes, he's going to score just on pure will of putbacks and rim runs. That's that's what he's really good at. Um, I think he had a game mm-hmm. last year against the Bulls where he had like twelve points, fourteen rebounds, starting, and Nikola Vucevic coming off the bench and. Uh, the Magic's defense was always a lot better when Deadman was in there. Uh, James Borrego, uh, when he was the interim coach for the Magic, uh, started Deadman and Vucevic next to each other, and the team's defense improved dramatically that last third of the season that they played together, even if their offense just kind of cratered. It, it just was worth it for the defensive impact he has. So if you give Deadman minutes, he's going to produce. Um, that, that's mm-hmm. always been the way he's been. Um Consistency is an issue, so I, you know, like I think the thing with 
the magic when they had Deadman was they were like, oh, well, we can't rely on him to do that every night. But, you know, every so often you give him a start, you give him, you know, Vucevic goes out, you give him a start, he performs. Uh, but it never felt like that was something they could count on him. But it seems like in San Antonio, he's found a really good role. He's found a really good fit. You know, the Spurs worked their magic and, you know, pun intended. Uh, and he <laughs> uh, and he just, you know, finds his way to the rim. I mean, certainly the Spurs have a lot more spacing and a lot more uh, a lot more uh, 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 kind of fluidity and organization to what they're doing, whereas the Magic are a lot of players who are still figuring things out. And I think that's a better environment for a guy like Deadman where, you know, they just need him to inject his energy and do very simple things, and he can do those simple things really, really well, and they'll find him. Yeah, yeah. actually, we have a uh, Twitter response uh, regarding the Spurs and Magic game uh, to uh, later on tonight. And it's actually regarding Deadman, so good timing here. Uh, the uh, I guess a statement, not necessarily a question, is Deadman is my boy. By the way, this is from Josh at Stop Bunting, please. <laughs> Deadman, yeah, Deadman is my boy. I want to see him closing games this year. Needs to improve hands in traffic on offense, but great rim protector. Your take on that, since you have more. Like experience covering Deadman. That that sounds like Dwayne Deadman to a T. Uh, uh-huh. Just could not catch the ball. Um, <laughs> you know, he he definitely had that that difficulty. You just couldn't rely on him. You know, you weren't running plays for Dwayne Deadman. Uh, the the only thing you would pretty much run for run for him is pick and rolls, try and find him rolling to the basket or throwing it up to him toward the rim because he's really athletic and can go out and get it. Defensively, just let him block shots and run the floor. Um, that's what Dwayne Deadman does, and I think to to Dwayne's credit. He knows that's that that's what he does, and he's really good at that. And that's why he got the contract he got. That's why he stuck with the Magic the way he stuck, uh, the way he stuck with them for two for two se- for nearly two seasons. Um, and that's why you know he's now with the Spurs and doing really really well. It's, it's I'm not surprised that he's found a really comfortable role for them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think once Deadman comes back and he provides that defense that you and I both know he can provide, I think that's where you're going to start seeing the Spurs actually becoming a little bit more of um, a, a, a greater threat to the Warriors or the Clippers. Because, you know, when I look at this team, the Spurs team, I say great offense, but defense wins titles. And right now, I'm not seeing that defense. Maybe I've just been spoiled, Phil. Maybe I've just been so spoiled to great defensive Spurs teams. And this is a, the part of the transition away from Tim Duncan. Maybe Pop is taking the team into a more offensive-minded uh, mindset. Uh, you know, I maybe maybe you've been a little bit spoiled, but I, I think the Spurs, they, they I think they definitely took a little bit of a step back with their defensive personnel. But this is Greg Popovich; he wants defense. If they're going to go anywhere, they've got to play defense. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, they, I I think they've got to figure that out on that end. They've got they've got talent defensively. They've got a coach that knows how to scheme around a lot of a lot of issues. Um, and I think that that the Spurs will figure it out. I mean, they're a good team. They will figure it out. And then, you know, you're saying this is gonna be a close game. It wouldn't surprise me if the Spurs figure some things out against a Magic offense that is really, really bad. Um, yeah. So. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and 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 by the way, what is it with the Spurs and Magic? They just trade pieces. You got <laughs> you have we have Deadman. You have uh, 4CA. We get Borrego. <laughs> Hennigan's, Rob Hennigan's a former intern for Sam Presti yeah. when he was with the Spurs. You get a Rod Hennigan. So it looks like the Spurs it should be Jacques the San Antonio Long. Magic and the Orlando Spurs. We just flipped hey, those. We, uh, I, we would we would take that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 
I guess before we close out this uh, preview of tonight's uh, Magic Spurs tussle, your matchup to watch. My matchup to watch is going to be Aaron Gordon versus Kawhi Leonard. Um, I, I think that uh, Gordon. Okay, I was, I, 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 he's gonna. He's gonna. Gordon's gonna get destroyed. Oh, Gordon's gonna get destroyed <laughs> on on the defense yes. on the on on offense for the Magic, but everyone's gonna get destroyed on offense for the Magic. I, I want to see yeah. Aaron Gordon go up against Kawhi Leonard. Defense versus offense. I, I want to see if Gordon can can really show off his defensive chops and and really set the tone for the entire game with that matchup. If if the Magic can slow down, um, if the Magic can slow down Kawhi Leonard, um, they know they have good defensive pieces in Ibaka and Biombo to handle Gasol and and uh, 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 Aldridge. If they can find a way to slow down Leonard. I, I think they can keep the score low and give themselves a chance to win this game. Gordon's been kind of the inconsistent piece of this whole puzzle, and it may end up being Jeff Green that that, def- that defends Kawhi Leonard. I think Gordon gives them the best chance to slow down the Spurs and slow down Leonard uh, and, and try and pick up a win. If yeah. if they don't, um, then you know it's it's you know going to be a long night for the Magic. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my matchup to watch is actually in the paint. Okay. I want to see how uh, LaMarcus and Powell deal with uh, very physical bodies, and that's Ibaka and Biombo and Vucevic. I, I think this uh, duo that the Spurs have need to be tested in that department. I think they need to get a bit more uh, physical. I want to see how the uh, two towers for the Spurs respond to that. But I think... I want, and if all those uh, paint matchups, I'm really look, leaning towards Ibaka and Aldridge. I mm-hmm. want to see if that's always uh, a fun Aldridge, matchup. Yeah, I want to see that again. That's a fun matchup to watch. You have the very, very defensive minded Ibaka and offensively uh, minded as well going up against Lamarcus Aldridge, who, as I mentioned before, they met head to head in last season's postseason between the Spurs and the Thunder. So let's see that little battle continue. And, of course, Pal Gasol, he needs to still be integrated into the system. He's kind of having a roller coaster time right now. Popovich said that, and even Pal Gasol admitted that he didn't come here to score offense, to uh, score the points on the offensive end. So let's uh, see what type of role he's going to have and what the evolution is going to be for Pal uh, in his first foray into uh, what it's like to be a San Antonio Spurs. So, Definitely, I'm looking at that in the paint. Uh, any final thoughts on the game? Um, I'm just hoping that it's enjoyable to watch. I love watching the Spurs. I mean, they're always. I mean, if you're a basketball fan, you have to enjoy what the Spurs do and and how they build things up. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that the Magic show up. Um, you know, I, I've I kind of agree with Frank Vogel in a lot of ways. I do think the Magic are closer than people think of getting to the playoffs. And I think maybe upping the competition level, upping a little bit of the urgency going out on the road um, is a good way to kind of try and wake this team up and see what they can really be. Um, the next five, really the next eight games for the Magic, I think is going to really determine their season. Uh, they play the, these five games on the road, uh, and then they actually finish with a four games and five nights that include a couple home games as well. Um, that It's just a really difficult stretch, and if the Magic are really thinking about making the playoffs, they don't necessarily need to win Tuesday night, but they need to show up and prove that they that they can they, they can rumble with some heavyweights and gain some confidence heading into the rest of this road trip. Uh, and by the way, our good buddy Josh at Stop Bunting, please, says, 
We will need to have a neighbor check on Phillips' <laughs> health after six minutes of Jeff Green on Kawhi experience. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping that Jeff Green's back is acting up and, and Aaron Gordon is playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we, well, well, we'll let you know right now, Josh. Uh, actually, you probably would know, but you probably hear sirens and uh, and Phil tweeting from the hospital saying, "What happened? <laughs> is it over?" They hooked me up to an IV, put me back out until it's over. I, I don't think. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've prepared you enough for how bad the Magic's offense has been this season. So let me warn you that your eyes may bleed if you're expecting bad, bad, the Magic huh? to run efficient offense. It's It's been rough, to say the least. And um, well, you, you, you see, when you say that, then obviously I'm very stoked for another Spurs win and to continue the winning streak uh, alive. And of course, of course, but, this but, is going to be the game but, where they, they, they wake up offensively like they did exactly. against Oklahoma City. Exactly. That's the Spurs <laughs> luck. Or opposite. Now, I was thinking that, what you just said right now. Or the opposite. The Spurs, once again, play down to the, to the competition. The Magic find that offensive touch. And then, boom. You have Jeff Green being a Spurs killer. You have uh, Peyton being a Spurs killer. You have uh, Gordon just wrecking Kawhi. That would be the law of averages. But... And, and especially the way they performed against the Mavericks. And if they do that again, then I don't care what Spurs fans are telling me right now about how I'm being a uh, wet blanket on this winning streak. There are serious issues. It sounds, it, sounds like, it sounds like you're the pessimist during a win streak and I'm the optimist during a losing streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm still be, like, uh... like, uh, like, I tell people the Magic are two games out of the playoffs. The sky is not falling yet. There are, there, there are problems. There are major concerns. There's some flaws in this roster that need to be figured out. But this season is not over yet. And everyone's telling me, you, you're joking saying this team's going to make the playoffs. I'm like, I'm not joking yet. Like it's, we got a long way to go this season. It's we're only what seventeen games into this thing. It's a long, long yeah. way to go. Yeah, it's a, it's a long season. It's only seventeen games into this baby of a twenty sixteen twenty seventeen NBA season. So, uh, but this is the first of uh, two meetings between the Spurs and the Magic. Hopefully, it'll be a very entertaining one tonight in San Antonio. And uh, of course, you know, whenever Phil and I are on this podcast or we're, we're collaborating. We got to throw in a quick Star Wars reference. Did you buy your Rogue One tickets? I have not bought my Rogue One ticket. I, I'm probably going to end, like the way my work schedule works out, I'm probably going to end up seeing it like on a Friday afternoon or something where I just, you can walk into the theater. It's, you know, me and maybe 10, 15 people. Uh, I can get my ticket at the door because it's just me walk, just me going there. And then <laughs> I'm going to watch it, you know, get my big tub of popcorn like I did for uh, for, for Force Awakens. Uh, and enjoy a movie that I am re- really, 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 really looking forward to. Oh, yes. Uh, as for me, I haven't got my tickets as well, but uh, they're pretty easy to find. Uh, There's going to be one in... every hour at every theater. Exactly. So just have, to, it, it, just have to find the time that works for you. It, so unless exactly. you're going on like Friday, Saturday night or at midnight, um, you know, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about about getting tickets to that to that to that film. And you heard me say it before, and I'm gonna say it again, Phil. I'm calling it now. It's gonna be better than Empire Strikes Back. Oof, that's those are. I think that it's is, gonna be better. That that is a very, very, very high bar to pass. And uh, it's it's my hot take of this if, podcast. If it's, I think it's going to be very good. Don't get me wrong. 
if it's like I don't know what to what to compare it to. If it's like if it's if it's like Civil War good, which I think it will be, I'll be very very happy. See, I was gonna say if it's Winter Soldier good. Winter Soldier good. That's what I meant. Wrong. Oh, wrong, okay, wrong, yeah. wrong movie. Wrong movie. Winter Soldier yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I'm banking on the fact that it's original. It's it's uh, it's essentially a whole new it, cast. From from what from what I understand, it's essentially the Star Wars version of a war movie. Okay, explain that. What do you mean by that? So like. So, like, the way the Marvel movies have kind of played out is they're, like, the Marvel version of, like, film archetypes. Like, Winter Soldier is the Marvel version of a political thriller. Ant-Man yeah. is the Marvel version of a heist film. Uh, uh, you know, like, like like that kind of, kind of deal. So, like, Rogue yeah. One is essentially the Star Wars version of a war film, of a, of a movie about a battle. Like, you would see, like, it's, it's essentially the Star Wars Saving Private Ryan or the Star Wars Black Hawk Down or something like, something to that and, I, and I'm all for that. I and it's think just, the franchise and, and, needs that. Yeah, and I, what I really like about these 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 uh, spinoff movies is the directors have been given a lot more freedom to kind of tell a story a different way. So it's like these stories occupy the same universe, but they're not told in this kind of epic fashion that the, 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 the trilogies have been told. Yeah, and, and, and I like the originality of it. Like we're having a whole brand new, I mean, for the most part, uh, new sure, characters, and I'm sure elements it, of it are going to be the same. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like the droid. Like from what I've read, the the, the droid is going to be the scene stealer as the comic relief. Really, I heard he's. Well, I heard that he's comic relief, but I also heard the droid is very uh, antisocial. Is that the word I'm looking for? He's very, very sarcastic, uh, from what I understand. Sarcastic, yeah, very sarcastic. And I like the, the actor who's playing him, though. I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, I mean, they got a, but, they got an incredible cast. Yeah, yeah. I think Rogue One is going to be a Rogue One's going to be very probably, good. It's going to be a very good movie. I think it, it might, if it doesn't surpass Empire, I think it's going to be neck and neck right there. This is you're just seeing something brand new, brand new that you've never seen in a Star Wars movie film universe. You haven't seen yeah. this ever. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I actually think the Han Solo spinoff is going to be really fun too. Um, I'm see, really I, I, I am not looking forward to that. I think I think it's a terrible idea. I it depends how it depends what tone they take it. Like, I trust the directors a lot, but they're they're more comedic directors than uh, than your typical directors. Um, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you know who the directors are for that. No, I don't. Who are uh, it's a uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. I believe that's their names. I, I may have mixed that up. Um, they directed um, they directed the Lego movie, uh, and uh-huh. uh, they are the uh, co-creators of The Last Man on Earth. So, like, they're uh, very they're very they're comedic yeah. they're comedic writers, but they've done some other things. Um, they do a good job with what they do, and honestly, I think Donald Glover cast as Lando Calrissian is a fantastic choice. I'm really yeah. excited yeah. about that. I think I, give him I that. think he'll make the movie, um, but we'll see. That that one's still a little ways away, and. Of course, if Rogue One's successful, I can't wait for Two Rogue, Two Furious. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Before the <laughs> uh, this uh, Spurs Magic preview, let me remind you, listeners, uh, gets off the rails because Phil and I can do this all night. I mean, we haven't even touched on Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, Logan. Logan's I don't know fun. what they're doing with Logan. Logan, and, Logan, uh, Logan looks like it was an- like another movie, and the studio said, "Make this a Wolverine movie." Yeah, that's the feeling I got. I feel I hadn't. No Wolverine vibe to the trailer, but I I love the trailer. The trailer is fantastic. I love the trailer. Well, how come I left uh, watching that trailer feeling like 
this is it. Like, oh yeah, because it's the last one. Hugh Jack- it's the last one Hugh Jackman's doing. He's ah, confirmed that it. explains a lot then. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially that's why it's about Logan rather than about Wolverine. Ah, I see what you're doing there, yeah, directors, with the yeah. movie. All right, okay. Let's put this. Let's put this uh, train back on track real quick. Prediction: Who wins? Who loses tomorrow? I mean tonight. Uh, I think the Spurs win. Uh, they take a fairly comfortable lead, say in the second quarter or so. Uh, Magic make a little bit of a run, but Spurs win pretty comfortably by like 12, 13, 14 points. All right. I am calling. They are playing at home when the Spurs do struggle. They do tend to play down to their competition. I think the Magic will capitalize on that with a coach like Vogel and somebody who knows the Spurs ins and outs like 4CA. I am saying Spurs 110, Magic 98. That's, hey, if the Magic score 98 points, there'll be some happy Magic fans. They'll probably still shoot 39% from the floor. All right. Well, for Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic, which you can, by the way, find that on audioboom.com slash Locked On Podcast Network. It's a great, great slew of shows. Go check them out. Download them. Subscribe to them. Leave reviews on iTunes. Go hear them on Stitcher. Go check them out on Google Play. We're everywhere. And Phil is one of the best, if not the best, when it comes to magic coverage on the internet. And I am Jeff Garcia. You can find me also on audioboom.com. But we're going to go ahead and put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs and Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.